this week on the Openisters podcast with the Bed Hoppers. At no point did we decide that our marriage needed something like that. We, we didn't sort of think, oh, we're bored or if we don't do something, then, you know, this isn't going to work. It, it was nothing at all like that. We were really, really happy, you know, absolutely. And we've always said at any point we could still be monogamous and have each other and, and not feel like our marriage isn't working at all. It was just, it would enhance certain things. Welcome to the Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. This week, we are excited to introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. H. They are the bedhoppers, and they are from the United Kingdom. They consider themselves, I guess, experienced swingers, or as they say, swinger plus or poly light. And we're introducing these this great couple who you will enjoy. Just their accent is fun to listen to because they're helping rewrite the rules of marriage as that's only monogamous. And their podcast in the UK, that's why they call themselves The Bed Hoppers, is where they facilitate and help people really understand the swinging lifestyle. More about the swinging lifestyle, but they've had some interviews other than swinging. But I'm sure that you're going to so enjoy meeting them and understanding their lifestyle journey. So let's hear from The, the Bed Hoppers, Mr. and Mrs. H. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast. We're so happy to have the bed hoppers from the UK, Mrs. and Mr. H. Hello, hello. With us this evening. How are you doing tonight? Uh, well, we're very pleased to be on the show. We're doing all right, aren't we, I think? We are indeed. We're um, just, just coming to the um, a few lockdown restrictions lifting, so we're, we're feeling quite jubilant. Yeah, we can almost get out now. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you're vaccinating pretty fast, and we are vaccinating too pretty fast, so we may be coming back to normal pretty soon, hopefully, whatever that is. We don't like normal. <laughs> I don't think we're on this podcast or do what we do because we're normal, <laughs> and yet we really like people, so I think you guys like to see people too, especially because the Bedhoppers have an incredible podcast themselves, and they just finished their 100th episode in the UK as the bed. Is it Bedhopper? The Bedhoppers, right? Bedhoppers, the bedhoppers. We're not too fussy about it, as long as it's lowercase. That's my that's my grammatical piece. I was going to say you're always... extremely snippy about the grammar. Yeah, but mean. but the I'm quite happy with. <laughs> yeah, we did our hundredth episode uh, that went out just recently, and actually it was, it was really interesting. We we decided to celebrate. We'd recreate one of our sort of 
um, fun times, which was we take a drink every four minutes and review idea. another sex toy. <laughs> so, and we did that. Too. You're reviewing so, so, sex toys. So, so listen, let, let's start from the end and go back to the Genesis. Tell us about how did it become that you have now 100 episodes of The Bed Hopper? What, what brought you to even consider a podcast? I mean, that's a big undertaking as we, as we find out ourselves. <laughs> well, um, I think I'm probably the one to blame or sl- slash point the finger at Congratulate. Yeah. So um, when, <laughs> when we started on our lifestyle journey, we, I listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books but none of them were really in the UK. So we saw there was a bit of a gap and it felt like that knowledge just wasn't there. So I thought, well, we could do this. Um, he says, perhaps a little bit arrogantly, but you know, with a bit of false hope under, we, we sat down and I literally gave Mrs. H a couple of drinks and chucked my phone in front of her and we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been and learning, learning ever since. And, and you know what, that's, that's so beautiful. I know you also had a great story about a TV show that really got you exposure but I'd also like to just also go back to the, 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 this time of our lives, because that's what the Open Nesters podcast is focused on, that you've been able to reinvent yourselves and have this open, so the Bed Hoppers is a swinger-oriented podcast, but how did you start that lifestyle and how is that at this stage of your lives, especially as the kids got older? So if you could tell us a little bit your personal story, that would be a great place to start. Have, have an entry to, to continue to continue uh, okay well some context we we've been together two decades now so yep 20 years together and of course we weren't always non-monogamous um however when we first got together i was quite open about the fact that i was bisexual and uh of course when we got together we had a young family that we were bringing up um i had children from a previous marriage so the the subject of kind of exploring that side of my bisexuality didn't really crop up for a long time because we were focused on you know family commitments that kind of thing um and it wasn't really until much much later in our married life together uh in fact 2016 i think we dated it as yep i think so yeah, yeah. So uh, mid 2016, we kind of uh, suddenly had a conversation <laughs> on holiday. Yeah, without kind of, the children. Of course, yeah, because they were a bit more grown up by that point. It was an interesting one because it we 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 kind of always watched sort of like naughty programs because we've always enjoyed our sex life. And one of the things that we sort of found, stumbled our way onto was um, Swing by Playboy. But but we happened to be on holiday and were joking that this couple were 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 swingers because the way he was putting oil on her and like putting the suntan lotion on was delicious. <laughs> and so anyway, we're joking. And then come one evening, they came and sat down next to us and started chatting. Next thing, you know, you know, a bunch of drinks down there later. And she tried making it out, making out with me. This is the, the lady half of this, this couple. And I, I said, no. And later on, she tried making out with Mrs. H, which she did do. <laughs> Less virtuous. <laughs> that, that, you know, a, a five-hour <laughs> argument of, of, well, you didn't get consent, we didn't talk about it, blah, 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 but blah. we didn't really know any of that no, stuff we, then. We, weren't, we were quite naive, I think, about what, what we might be embarking on. We just thought, oh, well, this happened. And I was like, oh, we could have some fun. And don't you want to explore something a bit different like that? There's me crying in the shower, <laughs> <laughs> rocking back and forth on it. Um, but we, we chatted about it for a good, good six months. And I did a lot of research. The way I 
I work is that I like to have a lot of information. I like to see lots of resources, hence the podcasts, hence the books and all this sort of stuff. And I pretty much sort of Batmaned my way through any potential scenario of how it might work. That's a great expression. (laughs) What what, what do you mean by it, though? You you had to struggle with it, like you had to be a superhero. Yeah, I I had to overthink it. I had to plan it like a great strategist and I had to kind of think about what would happen in any scenario because I guess that's what Batman does. So I Batmaned it. (laughs) I love it. Love that expression. And I I kind of very much thought about the, well, if I overthink it, then I'm kind of not enjoying it because it's taking all the the fun and the spontaneity out of something. So I kind of left him to go into his research mood because that's what he needed. And I didn't want to like poke the bear too much and, say well if we don't do it a different way it's not going to work so and you it, went yeah. I just quietly... it sounds like you had a flow you had you just let yourself you obviously opened yeah. by by re- being responsive even to the woman the first time you were saying oh let me see where this brings us having a little curiosity and just opening your appetite so you opened the appetite <laughs> well the, the, it's happened to them naturally i mean they yeah. it was very organically they i guess stumble on it by mistake really with the drinks we, at no point did we decide that our marriage needed something like that. We, we didn't sort of think, oh, we're bored, or if we don't do something, then, you know, this isn't going to work. It, it was nothing at all like that. We were really, really happy, you know, absolutely. And we've always said at any point we could still be monogamous and have each other and, and not feel like our marriage isn't working at all. It was just, it would enhance certain things. I think, I think the, the, the other piece of the puzzle that we haven't covered is that actually um the sort of year before my mum sadly passed away and she was dying of cancer for a couple of years and awful awful situation and you know I wouldn't wish it on anybody but my mum was a great lover of life and really enjoyed getting out there and being 100% her and one of the things that we really took away from my mum's passing is that we shouldn't take life for granted and that it's okay to take risks as long as you do it together and you do it in a way that's constructive. And actually, y- you won't look back and regret so much because at least you've tried it, at least you've lived a bit. And that was something that really, really stuck with me. Obviously, I had to frame it with doing tons of research. Right. But the- yeah, but the flip side of that, the driver and the passion was actually, you know, we've only got one life. We're very deeply in love and let's, let's go on an adventure together and let's make the most of that. Yeah, let's have their fun. Yeah. And so you're beautiful. Beautiful. really beautiful. And so enrichment, just enrichment together. So beautiful. I love you. And how old were your kids at that time? Oh, goodness. So they were definitely teenagers. Probably late point. teens. Late teens, I would have said. Uh, both my kids are in their twenties now, so and they are the the house, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It, they they weren't at the time, oh, not at the time, uh, but they are now. Yes. Yeah. And what has that opened up? Is there anything new about the fact that they're not in the house? Uh, yeah. Um, you, you Sex in every room. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're calling from what used to be our daughter's bedroom, where she's now the podcast slash shoe room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's meant that we, we were a lot more open in terms of where we can go, what we're doing. We don't have to return home at certain times other than don't for have pets. babysitters. Like yeah, some I'll... of our friends would probably, you know, I think they, they probably think feel like they miss out on a lot of things because they have to get babysitters and childcare arranged. Whereas we're very much like, well, we can kind of do what we like. Well, in non-COVID times. <laughs> but at, at this stage of being an open nester, would you consider that your relationship are 
more of an open marriage, more of a polyamorous, or is it still swingers that you do something that you do together? Interesting. We actually recently did an episode about polyamory, didn't we? And we tried to unpack it all a little bit and look at some of the, the kind of labels and definitions that people put into some of these, how you would define yourselves. And I think we, we decided that we kind of were on a bit of a sliding scale of we didn't think we would be in the polyamorous kind of label at the beginning, but as time's gone on, we've kind of moved a bit up and down that scale. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we probably identify the most with being swingers, mm -hmm. but we like to establish really great relationships with people. Yeah. And I think that kind of edges you towards polyamory. So we're somewhere in between that, it's like swinger plus poly light, whichever one. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're open together. You that's your that's your distinction, and to do that together. And I think, you know, that's why it's your journey together at this stage of Act Three, looking at it from. So, do you have a space that you give each other separately in other ways? We're pretty much joined at the hip. We, <laughs> <laughs> we take great joy in doing things together, and I actually really miss him when. We're not with him. I'm not with him. Um, if I blink three times, it means send help. All right. <laughs> We're one of those couples where people tend to look at us and go, oh, that's sickening, isn't it? Uh, look how bloody happy they are together. You go to bed at the same time. What? <laughs> and we do, you know, we go to bed together at the same time. We yeah. do everything together. It's kind of, we finish each other's sausages, not sentences. <laughs> and it is like, um, we are that, that sickening couple you see there that are always happy and always fawning and fondling and pawing at each other. And that seems to work for us, I think. We don't really tend to go off and do our own thing very much. And, and we certainly don't play separately as a, as a dynamic. That's not, not our thing at all. We right. like, we like together. You're always together. What do you think your secret is for that? That's really interesting. Like, what do you, what keeps drawing you back and so intrigued? Do you, is it, is it a framing, a frame of mind or just organically what happens between you? Do you, do you have to appreciate one another or spend any kind of time in that discussion of, of kind of, if you have any breakdown, how we can get closer? Is it, is it conscious? We do rarely argue. We, we tend to be on the same page a large chunk of the time. Um, but I think part of it is, is that when, when we started get, sort of getting together, uh, we were both in different relationships. And I think it, it took a lot of upheaval on both ends of the scale for us to get to that space. So one of the things that we're both eternally grateful for is, is, is the other person. And I, I always tell Mrs. H almost every night that, that going to bed next to her is still one of my greatest pleasures. Just the fact that we get to be next to each other and we get to see each other is it's, it's honestly and it's something I genuinely say. So it's I think because we fought so hard to be together, that set us on a good path because it meant that we were really grateful for the other. Mm. He's my best mate. I can't mention anything without him. Really, that and I'm just awesome. Really, I mean, you know. <laughs> I think so, that's so inspiring for so many people to yeah, hear I that mean, even if they're on their second marriage or third marriage. So. Yeah, for Tessa and I, I mean, it's exactly the opposite. We we like to wake up next to each other. Uh, sometimes we go to sleep in different times, uh, so the sleeping is ne never together. But you know, waking up is is really what what I feel that I like yeah. the most. Yeah. And yet we've explored that too, because because uh, because of uh, COVID, I was away and had to come back from a trip in Florida and quarantine from him. And then we said, you know what? Once in a, once every once in a while, it's kind of nice to have your own space, even in the house. Yeah. I meditate. Financial the, news. I yeah. I meditate in the morning, and Amir likes financial news so yeah. it was a little bit of a discussion but i did i let's get back to the this openness of what you help 
guide couples with because as podcasters, I know you do that. So at this stage of life with, with if people have more time and they are looking at, at swinging as an option, um, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way in the, in the podcast that could be informative to people that have more time and openness? What would sure, you- I, I'd say the first thing, I mean, it always comes up is just communication. You've got to talk it out and you've got to have an honest and open approach to things. You can't hide anything. Yeah, don't assume that you think you know what's going on in the head of your other half because chances are you, you don't. And even if you think you know from inside out, there's always something that might blindside you. So I think communication. And I think that's really important for that big stumbling block, which often sort of crops up, which is jealousy. And you never quite know when jealousy is going to hit you. And it does happen. It happens to everyone pretty much at some point or other. But you don't know what the triggers are going to be. So if you can talk through things beforehand and communicate beforehand, if you get that chance, it means that you're much more likely to fix any problems that happen midway through especially if you practice that on a regular basis. And we got into the habit of talking to each other before we went to every meet in the car or in the taxi or whatever, and just talking through what we thought the night was going to be, how it's going to end up. And, and that really helped us just make sure that we were on, all on the same page. We knew where we were going to go. But, you know, as I said before, we've been sickeningly like that and that we talk to each other, the best friends. So we kind of do that quite naturally. We do, but I think for some people it doesn't come so easily, especially if you're, you've been very monogamous and you kind of have this orthodox relationship where you kind of get drip fed how you're supposed to be and how your relationship's supposed to pan out. And you're really rewriting the rules of monogamous relationships. And sure. You need to give it the credence it deserves and kind of treat it, you know, with respect and don't just try and do it because you're trying to fix something that's gone wrong. I think if there's any cracks in your relationship, this will expose them. So speaking about cracks, I mean, you, you mentioned, <laughs> I did not mean it that way. Uh, 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 you mentioned that je- you never know when jealousy is going to creep up on you. Have you ever had any situation where jealousy really have caused perhaps a crack in the relationship in your best friend scenario uh, to the point where you said, you know what, this lifestyle is not worth uh, risking the love of each other. Let's stop it. I think we, we, we've not got to the point where we've stopped it. I think we've got to the point where we've got out of a situation because one of us was feeling jealous. Yeah, we've, we've taken a step back maybe and just made sure we're okay before we carry on. But at no point, I don't, we haven't stopped and gone, we can't do this. So it's going to one example. Do you, mind, do you mind sharing one of those examples? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we'd played with a couple that we'd known quite well. We've, we've met yeah. them a number of times and, at the end of that play, I was just having a cuddle with, with the other half. <laughs> and Mrs. Yeah. H saw this and literally you had a moment, it, it didn't you? Me yeah. In the strangest way. I've been absolutely fine um, with the actual physical part of things. And I'd watched him have sex and, you know, I, I'd had sex with a guy and we'd all be in the same room. It was all cool. And then it, it was super late and I was really tired by this point. And, and I really just wanted Mr. H back to myself. But it was quite simply I was ready to my bed I was ready for sleep and it was that point in the evening where I was like I've had a good night but now I want to go to bed and I want to go to bed with him but uh, everyone was tired and they just lay on the bed and had like this little moment where they were spooning I think it was quite it's quite nice but for whatever reason it triggered me and I wasn't ready to see it it hadn't really happened before 
Uh, I don't so you think... lifted her up, threw her out the window <laughs> of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm surprised that that's what tipped me over the edge, not the watching them have sex previously, but the, hey, that's my husband and I want to be there now. I don't want him cuddling this woman. I want to be that woman. And I just didn't feel very good at all. And I knew I was going to do or say something stupid or cry, all three. And I, I thought, I've just got to get out room I've got to remove myself so I don't do something that I know is probably not indicative of how I'm really really feeling I'm just letting the situation get to me so I did just that I called an Uber and uh, it arrived really fast (laughs) (laughs) but but it didn't crack your relationship you had to talk to about it afterwards and you were able to to heal it and fix it knew as soon as I'd uh, got my shoes on and called an Uber he was like I know my wife's not okay there was something about my behaviour. We moment, weren't I even guess. two minutes down the road, and we were already talking about yeah. it and trying to sort of figure out what was the what was the trigger, what what do we need to yeah. do to resolve it. And I think it it was one of those moments where it was re- for me it was really obvious that that you were upset, but I don't think anyone else probably would have known. I don't think we knew. I handled it in an adult way. I didn't sort of go over and like hoik her out of your arms or anything. <laughs> uh, but I felt that like little bit of rage inside me that I'm not used to. And it really unsettled me. And it, it made me that fleeting moment think, no, 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 I don't like this. So did you negotiate some new boundaries after that around cuddling? I think there has, there has mm. definitely been a slight a change in that. A little. We're a bit more mindful. I think broadly that we know that if it's a big pile with all of us, that's absolutely fine because everyone's involved. But if it's, it, because in that particular situation we were slightly separated on different beds but you know only by a meter or so it, it was um i didn't want to cuddle him yeah that I, was the thing i didn't want to be in an intimate position of cuddling this other dude i wanted to go and cuddle you and i couldn't and i didn't feel like i could go over and just break it up and say hey i want i want in on this because it felt like i was just being really childish and I, I suppose I was. But or actually, same- as, as if you learn in certain poly circles, I mean, it is also that communication that could vent. Could some, some people do end up realizing, let's just say what I feel. And sometimes being open to that, everyone cuddling could have happened. But you know what? I think that the fact that you guys figure out your way, like all of the swinger and poly couples know right one thing is for anyone and being adaptable to be able to like you have, you know, talk about it and then figure out what works for you and how you really communicate is obviously working. So I, I'm just commending that. If you like this episode or interested in listening to some more episodes on this topic, please listen to episode 11. I want that by Jahaira and Marvin or episode 14, compersion, jealousy, and loving without boundaries with Kitty Chambliss. I wanted to ask about kids because adult kids also are what we all have as open nesters. It's the theme here. And I wonder how the kids respond to you being in, uh, swingers and do they know or uh, do they know and, and, you, and your relationship? Because obviously they have a great role model of a relationship. And how, how's the, how are the relationships among you? Um, okay. So my one big regret is that I didn't, I didn't come clean earlier in the relationships and I didn't tell them a bit sooner about what was happening because in the event the way we found out was not my preference and I regret that um and I would actually really wholeheartedly say to people put your trust in 
your offspring because actually they're probably a bit more switched on than you think. However, hindsight and all that. So what we should probably tell you is a bit about how that happened. <laughs> but it was difficult. It was not an easy discovery. So I think they, I mean, they recognised that we were going off pretty much every other weekend. Um, and they were, you know, by this point, sort of adults, really. Mm. And they recognised that we were going off and seeing friends that they didn't know. They were and still living at home, yes? Living at home when we, when we started yeah. our adventures. Yeah. Um, sort of there was a little bit of a tail off period, I suppose. And it, it, I think they, they figured it out through, you know, this happening. Uh, somebody, no, no pointing any fingers, <laughs> left our swingers cards on the, you know, the game of lifestyle on the side. We, we got careless, I suppose, in how much we covered up what we were doing. And in the beginning, it was a very conscious effort to not let anything slip because I was like, oh, my goodness, we can't we can't possibly reveal what we're doing because, A, we don't know how long we'll do it for uh, in the beginning. And B, I just felt like you know, society tells you that it's it's um it's a dirty thing. It's like a, a stereotypical. This is you know swingers. Oh my goodness! And I didn't want people to make that judgment about me and pass that on to my children. You know, so by association, I kind of thought I'm protecting them. But the tricky thing anything. was though is that one was absolutely fine and couldn't have <laughs> given less less shits really. No. The the other was more upset over the fact that we'd hidden it from her yeah. rather than telling her. And I think that was yeah. the the difficult bit, um, you know. When, and when we spoke to to um, our son, he, you know, his take was, "Oh, I, yeah, I found your intro music on the on the MacBook, and it was shit." <laughs> and that was about his, his only real concern over it. Um, whereas our daughter was very much more emotional over the fact that that she felt that we'd been sneaking around, and that that and was lying, lot, that was a lot more tricky. Yeah. And we we kind of realised that we wish wish we'd have been a lot more open with them sooner. We hadn't like lied about it but at the same point we hadn't come clean yeah. and had a conversation yeah. with him yeah i really was like that it was a big secret well these yeah. are hard conversations to have so just looking at the fact that we're dealing with society and and stigma and bias and and knowing we want to protect our children is a natural instinct for any parent i just think you know we also had to find the right time with each one of our kids so i did it mostly myself separately when they were ready kind of looking for the the, the conversation opener and getting into the discussion and it's been they're very supportive and understand our that that and see how much we love each other and i think that's all also a key with kids when they know that they're going to heal from it so i think that our commitment to one another as far as our time together our intentions are really good yeah, so let's uh, we wanted to hear a little bit about your adorable story that you told us with a TV show and how you in the UK it became such a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this does lead straight in from from sort of having had that conversation with the kids, because once we'd done that, actually, we started thinking, well, if the kids know, then other members of the family can know and we can start to talk to people like work about what was going on. Um, and as we were starting to go through all of that, um, a, a television company got in touch with us and said they were making a documentary in the UK about a swingers club and about um, the variety of people that, that would attend um, such a club. So they, they, they got in touch with us and, and uh, about a year and a bit ago. Yeah, it was the right before the first lockdown. So it was January. Yeah. yeah. So before before COVID times, before just COVID before. Times, yeah. um, so they, they got in touch and, and we said, well, we actually, since we are being open and we'd started to put our faces out there, mm. we thought, well, <laughs> let's go on television and talk okay. about this. 
this community because you know, we're really proud of this community when it's good and our experiences and and when it works the the relationships it's fabulous yeah 100 and we we really wanted to give it a good name and in the uk there's been a whole host of of crap documentaries about things like dogging and swinging where people wear masks over their faces and it's all seedy and horrible. And we felt really strongly that we didn't want some idiots stood up there representing our community in that way. way. So we felt it was important to take part and put our faces out there and and do the best that we could for this. And try and get our spin um, and try and re-educate people really and kind of bust some myths that it's not and how did it go tell us about that whole process well i I mean we filmed so we had a whole day of filming in our house which was interesting so they asked us a whole bunch of questions um everything from you know how does you how did your relationship start to how do you find other swingers and all this kind of stuff and all that was kind of okay and then there was going to be uh, for valentine's night a, a a night in this swingers club where they had invited a number of people taking part in the documentary but also a bunch of other people along to the to the thing and so we you know a couple of weeks after we'd done the the one day of filming we scooted up the country to to go to this swingers club now it wasn't our favorite swingers club we had it not been for the tv show we to never have gone back there but you know you'd agree to be on so there we are and they really just sort of followed us around in our interactions I think you know we, we decided fairly early on that if we were going to play we weren't going to play in front of the tv cameras hell no um <laughs> you know we're brave but not that brave <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> we'd have brought them back to the room and I suppose they'd have had to do the old door shutting <laughs> you know, I was determined not to let them have their way and make it into something corny and seedy. But it was it was fascinating because yeah. we met a whole variety of people that they'd filmed for the show. Unfortunately, there weren't many people there on the actual night because, you know, it transpires that being on television and all sorts of other things probably wasn't the best thing to encourage swingers to come out of the woodwork. people aren't keen on showing their faces. But we, we, we met a lady that was in her sort of late 60s that's been mm-hmm. a swinger and has been a porn star. We been met an escort. a single guy that had gone through some, you know, stuff and he was there having a, you know, sort of enjoying relationships. And we met uh, another couple and it brought lots of these people together. Mm. So the, the TV show came out, uh, I think, August uh last year and we didn't get to see it before it went live so we had no say in it we didn't other than just being in front of the camera and talking we had no input into the actual structure of it so on the day that it was coming out i mean we told all our work friends that it was going to be on so we had a whole crowd of people you know in their own houses ready to watch it but we were so nervous because we just didn't know what it what it was going to say and you know what it's like as a content creator you get to have the say now if you're used to being a content creator you're you're very used to you know you do your own thing and 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 likewise as you meet people you trust them and you and you get to know their thing but with this we totally didn't have that thing so yeah so we we watched it and and our main concern is like please don't make the lifestyle look awful Mm. and please don't make us look like a bunch of dicks because that you know that would have been pretty bad so we we kind of went in watched it and actually it was okay it was it was a pretty good representation of different people and their journeys in the lifestyle it did cover a lot of things around people um, being a little bit broken 
So there was a bit of an on- recurring theme that they'd all gone through some trauma yeah. and that's what had led them to Kind of portrayed to that swinging. people who practice swinging are dysfunctional in some way. And that was a bit annoying and, you know, not really reflective of some of the people that we've met. Certainly you don't have to be dysfunctional and broken to to sleep with someone else. It, it's really yeah. odd that we wanted to kind of bring that over, isn't it? But, and it wasn't done in a particularly positive way. Yeah. So, you know, the way I see my mum my passing away, so however sad that is that's led us down a path that's actually quite adventurous exciting and joyful but they focused a lot on the sort of negative aspects of those journeys well well this is all so wonderful to hear is any way anyone can see it can we can we is there any way to see that well it is available in the uk at the moment and i believe they're in talks at the moment to try and get it to the states somehow I don't know how that's going to work out, but once we know, we'll let everyone else know. Did did it expand your horizon? Did it do anything with your family? Did uh, did did your uh, your kids have saw have seen it? Uh, what what kind of effect did that have? So, in terms of the kids, I truly to this day don't know if they've watched it or not. They knew about it. Uh, we were quite honest that it was happening, and I kind of left it up to them to make their own choices about whether they wanted to watch it or not. And I truth be told i didn't really have a follow-up conversation about that so um you know everything's okay we haven't fallen out so well it it was quite funny because uh our son sort of messaged us and said oh my mates just said that that, oh (laughs) your street your mum's car was on tv and he's like oh your mum's mum's on on tv and then he said well what are you doing watching that program anyway and it transpires that that friend was actually looking at being part of the lifestyle mm-hmm. so it has kind of you know it's reached a number of different people yeah. it was interesting with work because we had a number of people reach out to us from our work sort of privately and say well actually either we're in the lifestyle well done or, or we're thinking about joining where do we go how do we go from there and and that was a really fascinating piece we, we jumped on twitter it's been repeated a number of times and we've been sort of helping people that are trying to trying to start giving them some tips and some resources but also it's been really interesting because the naysayers out there we've been able to address some of those which has been really good so tell us how we can uh so so also in the u.s how we can find you on twitter to be able to follow why don't you give us some of your own information so we before you wrap up here yeah and and i also have uh, another question that that relate to that i mean we have uh, some of our audience also couples that we uh talk to and we're going to interview that really looking to go into potentially consider lifestyle what would you recommend for to couples that are already their kids potentially are out of the house now they have the house for themselves they can do whatever they want to do they're pretty close what would you recommend to them in closing just to say how would they go about you know finding learning the groups. F- yeah That's finding a, the, the US right groups. is different yeah. than uk though so yeah I don't but, know. but let's hear this perspective well yeah sure so um first thing i would you know, definitely recommend doing a bit of research, just one for the sort of terminology and how things work. So maybe something like Playboy Swing, which has got sort of a bit of porn in it, but also has some seriousness to the conversations. I'd also suggest looking up Swingers Help, which is a website and I think a Twitter group, and they can tell you who the um, best local site is to go to, where you can find out more, and they've got plenty of resources on there. So if you're in the US, um, that you know, they can tell you all the good stuff about what's nearby. But Thank you know. You. So, and if you wanted to do that, yeah, you can look up Bedhoppers <laughs> Swinging in the UK, uh, where Bedhoppers UK, sometimes it's called Bedhoppers Suck, if you want to abbreviate it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
want to email us, it's bedhopperssuck at gmail.com. So, you know, feel free to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Wonderful. At gmail.com. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. H. It's always really a delight. I hope that we can meet in person one day because we'll be definitely en route to um, yeah, Europe Yeah, I mean, we, we can't soon. wait to hit Europe as soon as, uh, as, soon as this thing, <laughs> this mess is over. So let's yeah. all, and, and really in the fact that we're embracing life and we thank your mom for having given you that and, and both of you for, yeah, we, for we, having just taken on the life of leading the way in the UK for this. And I'm and, and congratulations on, on 100 episodes. We are on our, uh, I think we're going to drop 13 uh, this week. And, you know, we're looking forward to our 100. Uh, we have them, uh, not all of not all of 100, but you know how it is. I mean, you have to chase the content and you have to cultivate it. And uh, we certainly want to uh, continue to be in touch. That's lovely. Thank you very much for having us. It's been a real pleasure. And, and we would love to be on your podcast whenever you're ready for that. Okay. Ready, sir. <laughs> we will be in discussion soon. We look forward to that. Wow. I really, really love that accent. It's very, very sexy. So they're adorable. Yeah, adorable, adorable interview. Anyways, you look swinging may not be for everybody, and may not be for most actually, but for Mister and Missus H, it's possible lifestyle, as their relationship is really on solid ground. They are secured, and they communicate about everything, and that's that, because that's what it takes. That is what it takes. And I love that they had their their conversation about opening up this non-monogamy on vacation. And I think a lot of us, when we go away, can start having those kind of conversations about designing the relationships we want. And speaking of that, I do want to recommend a book, I think, for anyone who is interested in this topic that's called Designer Relationships by Michael Michael Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. It's called A Guide to Happy Monogamy, Positive polyamory and optimistic open relationships. Wow. That, that's some title. Yeah, I was going to tell you some of the topics on that because it really covers, which is, I think they were discussing in their interview, this capacity for empathy, which, you know, we always say comes from forgiveness being essential, but empathy is huge. And then, you know, discussing what is flirting important? Are you, do you want to be socially monogamous? What are the benefits of consensual mono- non monogamy? And what are the ground rules for creating sexual trust? So this really good book of design and relationships covers that as well. That's a very, very interesting book. Uh, I'm sure that you're going to read me chapters, as you always do, from that particular book. You get up and all of a sudden, oh, my God, I gotta get re- I've got to read you this. And I'm looking That's forward to that. Yeah. I know, I know. That's how I get my <laughs> reading done uh, through you. But for look, for Mr. and Mrs. H, uh, being an open nester, Provide them really an opportunity, uh, I guess, and a time to expand their lifestyle. And that's good. And because they're also an exa- exemplary uh, for their kids for seeing a solid, beautiful Absolutely. Uh, relationship. To stay with it and enrich their lives in ways that maybe they didn't expect or were non traditional. So right. thank you. And, it's may, and it may not for you. Hey, yeah. look, it's not, it may not for you. And we understand that. But on the other hand, uh, look at the relationship. Look how solid it is. And look at the value that great communication can provide in any relationship. Absolutely. That's the key. And if you like more information, you can visit our resource center on our website. That is theopennesters.com. 
that double N in the middle, and plural, and .com, theopennesters.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if there's any topic that you'd like to hear of. Do you know of anyone that has value to our listeners and want to hear? Uh, we would like to hear from you. And so, even if you're dreaming of open nesting oh, and yeah. you're at the stage that you're thinking, well, exactly. we may be able to do that, like when our kids are getting older. And, and if you're a listener of that sort and you're actually really interested in different stories like that, we'd like to hear from you as well. So please get right. onto our Facebook page. And also you can make comments on our website. We're going to be getting a survey out as well. So look look on Facebook and our Facebook closed group under the Open Nesters. Yeah, and, and one last thing, really. We want to really, really thank our expanded and ever-growing community of listeners. You are making our podcast, The Open Nesters, a true, true success. Yes. And we want to thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Until next time, I'm Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.